the, at the end of this, anybody, anybody who's interested can come up and get my business card and we can talk about setting up training if you like. Because so, sometimes that's a better way to go, to get the training from somebody who actually knows the product, somebody who actually is visually impaired and is in your shoes, and show you the specific techniques. Mr. Vargas, there is one more question. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have a question. My husband had to trade his first athlete because the volume didn't work no matter what he did. Uh, so we got the second one, and it says it belongs to Jennifer. Okay. And his name is Perry. So <laughs> how do we change that? <laughs> there is a way in the settings to get in there and, and change uh, who the iPhone is listed to. Uh, I don't know it offhand, but I know that it's, it's definitely doable because I've heard of this incident happening before. What happened is, is that your your husband got a refurbished iPhone. So they obviously didn't clear out all the information like they should have. Normally, normally when, when an iPhone is turned, when they turn one around, they reset it and wipe out all the information so that when you get it, it's as if you've gotten it brand new. So yeah, the, the, there, there's a way to, to get in there and you can change the name of who the iPhone is, it belongs to. Uh, God. Yeah, because you wouldn't want Siri calling your husband Jennifer. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Who's Jennifer? So, um, since, we're, uh, since I brought up Siri, uh, I'll talk about what that is briefly. Siri is... Okay, Siri is a voice activation feature of the iPhone, but an enhanced one. The, the iPhone has had, even the older iPhones, have where you could hold down the home button and tell it to call a certain number of things like that. It was very limited in what it did. Siri can do all kinds of things. Siri can answer questions. Uh, Siri can set alarms for you. Siri can set appointments for you. Siri can set reminders for you. Siri can get you information on nearby restaurants. Siri can even tell you what planes are flying overhead. I just found that one out the other day. <laughs> Pretty cool. And the way Siri is only available on the iPhone 4S, the latest iPhone. So you have to have the iPhone 4S. And along with Siri, you also get the dictate function that I spoke of earlier that's available with every keyboard or text field that comes up on the phone. So if you don't want to type something, you can speak it, and it's instantly, you know, it, it uses the uh, something similar to Dragon naturally speaking to uh, to convert what you said into text. So, I, I just I, I I found this to be extremely helpful, especially when I'm out and about. Before I would use, I had apps that worked for this, where you could bring them up and look up things you were looking for, stores, restaurants, whatever. But you'd have to type it into the on-screen keyboard, and that was time-consuming. Now with Siri, I can hold down and say, where's the nearest McDonald's? And it'll tell me, it'll bring up a list. And from that list, I can select the one that I want, and I can get the information like its address and its phone number. How and even direct how to get there. Yes. How do you do that? Because I tried that yesterday. I asked Siri, where's the nearest FedEx drop-off? location for my home and then it said uh and it repeated my question to me yeah and then it said there are several locations within one mile of your home and then it says there's a list well it didn't read anything to me at all you have this feel around the screen okay i did that and did you, did you find 
Bob Hillis. It ended up taking me to a web search of some sort of kind. I didn't, it got me so confused, I had no clue what What it does is it, when you select the one that you want, it shows it to you on a map, which admittedly can be a little frustrating. So what I do is when it brings that map, I start flicking around the screen to the right generally. And if you find the button that says something that says more info button, you double tap that, you select it, and that's where it brings up all the information. So that, that, that's how you do that. And then, yeah, you can even, uh, as the gentleman up front here mentioned, you can even have it give you walking directions. Now it won't do it won't do turn by turn like GPS guidance, but it give, it'll bring up a list of walking directions. Go to go to this street, turn right, walk there. So so far, so many yards, and then turn left on this street. So it'll give you a list of directions. But you also said there was there's a GPS app we can download. Yeah, and now I will get the GPS. So it's a nice little segue into it. Um, GPS is a little bit of a tricky animal on the iPhone because as of yet, there's no one app that does everything. There, I have found in my in my navigation folder, I have several a collection of apps that I use depending on what I want to do. There's two types of GPS. There is guided or directional GPS, which is the traditional GPS that we all know of that tells you turn right, turn left, go go 200 yards and then look for this, you'll arrive at destination. And then there's what's called orientational GPS, which is for finding out where you are, your nearest intersection, your nearest address, etc. Like where am I? Yeah. Now, and by the way, that's one thing you can do with Siri too. You can ask Siri, where am I? She'll give you your nearest address. <laughs> Which is very helpful if you're calling for a cat. Uh, I'm happy to report that a company called Sundera Group, which some of you may have heard of. Sundera Group is in the beginning stages of developing a full-fledged GPS solution for the iPhone. What they currently have now is something called Sendero Lookaround, which is an orientational app that tells you your nearest intersection and five points of interest and a few little goodies like that. But it never was good at, uh, it was never like, the, if, if any of you are familiar with the full Sendero product that they run on the note takers or even on, on the Windows mobile phones, mobile geo, it was nowhere near as robust. Well, apparently they, they finally have gotten the message that we want this and they're going to um, work on it. And in fact, I'm going to be attending the CSUN conference next week in San Diego, and I will be one of the people taking part in their panel to discuss what features and things we want in this GPS app. So my hope is that um, we will have a, a full-fledged Sendero product on the iPhone that does like what their other products do, because their products are great. What I really like about Sendero products is, let's say you're in a new city, and you're on a bus, and you don't know the stops, and the stop doesn't, the bus doesn't have an announce system, or the driver isn't reliable. With the Sendero product, you can turn on a, a look-around type of option, and it would call out my intersections as I approach them, which is very helpful. I still carry my mobile geo phone just for this reason, because. It's very useful to have. It announces the you can't download it on your iPhone? Yeah, well, it's, 
this uh, this is not available yet for the iPhone. No. However, for the iPhone, the the GPS apps that I do recommend for directional GPS, I recommend Navigon, which I think sells for when it's not on sale about forty nine dollars. I've got when I got it, I did get it on sale for about twenty nine. So if you look for sales like around Black Friday and things like that, you can sometimes get deals on apps. Mm -hmm. Navigon, how do you spell that? N N-E-V-I-G-O-N. And they have several different flavors of it. So the one I recommend, well, the one I recommend is the the North America, the, uh, the USA version. The North America version gives you Canada and like Puerto Rico and Mexico and things like that. So unless you're going to go to those places, you don't need to pay for all that functionality. Um, they also have regionalized versions. So they have like Northeast or, or Midwest. So if you live in an area that you and you don't travel outside of those areas, then you can save money and get the regionalized version. Uh, another one that, that's really good uh, is called, what is it called? Motion X GPS Drive. And that one works a little differently because that one you buy the app for 99 cents. And then you buy, you subscribe to the service. And right now they have a thing where for you can subscribe for a year of service for uh, 9.95. And that one um, had originally some accessibility issues, but they've been actually working with the developer to make it more accessible. So is that a directional one? Yeah, those are directionals. Now for orientation, I recommend the Sendero Lookaround app. That one's about five dollars. And that one's really good for telling you your nearest intersection uh, and such. That's that's what I mostly use that one for. So what Sendero I want to know? What? I'm sorry. Sendero look around. But if you just go to the app store and type in Sendero, S-E-N-D-E-R-O, it'll come up. Uh, another one that I like a lot is called Ariadne GPS. And that's spelled A-R-I-A-D-N-E. That one costs, I think, $9.95. But what I like about Ariadne is that that one's really good for finding addresses. Let's say you're walking down the street and you're looking for a particular address and you can't see the numbers and there's no one to ask. Uh, that app is really good. So far, it's, it's the most accurate address finding app that I've found. And you can set it, set it up to where monitor mode, which is what I really like about this, is that you can when you turn on where it's monitoring, Every five to ten seconds, it's going on the internet again and checking your position and giving the nearest address without you having to interact with the screen. So if you're using your cane or your guide dog and you don't want to have the console and keep touching the screen to get the information, you turn on this monitor mode and just hold the phone to your ear or where the earbuds or whatever, and it will automatically just call the information out to you using voiceover. You can also um, you can set up uh, favorites. So if you live in an apartment complex with multiple buildings, mm -hmm. you can set up your building as a favorite. And you can have it to where it almost guides you to it because you can keep checking your proximity to it. And it'll tell you like what direction. It, you know, home is 6 o'clock. You know, home is 10 o'clock. It'll give you my clock face. And by so many feet or how many, how far you are from it. And Kind of, it's almost like playing hot or cold with it. But it's, it's really good for that. Um, there's another app that came out called My Way Light, and it's actually developed in Europe. 
And it does something kind of similar to Ariadne, where it's uh, trying to tell you the street that you're on. Uh, that one's a free app, but then they have a paid version where I guess apparently you can load map data into it uh, using iTunes. But for my purposes, I, I, I'm happy with the light version. It's doing what I need it to do. So those are the ones I would recommend for, um, for, for um, orientation GPS. What was it, this last one you called? Ariadne. No. Oh, I'm sorry, My Way Light. And that's just one word, N-Y-W-A-Y. And then L-I-T-E. And that one's free. Uh, there's other kind of useful things you can do with the iPhone. I showed you BizWiz, the money reader. There's a, there's a light detector app, which works really nice. So if you're totally blind and you need to know whether the lights in the room are on or on, <coughs> this light detector app works very nicely. And I think, I'm trying to remember what I paid for it. I, I think it was maybe either $3 or $5. It wasn't much. And uh, it works really cool. Actually, I'll demonstrate. I'll show you what it does. It makes, it tells you by changing pitch. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I just did this the other day. I was, I was in the valley, and I was waiting for the 164 on Victory. Well, I was at Canoga and Victory, where the 150 also stops. So I checked next bus, and I saw that 164 was four minutes away, and the 150 was two minutes away. So when the bus first bus pulls up, I knew that was the 150. Um, that sounds like an Android phone. What's the app called? It's called Bus. We had a question. Sure. Hi. My question is, well, actually a while back, there was a seminar here at Braille with high-tech things. And what they had is a phone that you take a picture of your document, um, something like Open Book, where where it would read your document back to you. The KNFB reader. Yeah, yes. I don't know if there's an app There are apps that do that, although kind of like GPS, there's still not one magical solution. And part of the reason for this is that uh, Apple is very guarded with the access that it gives to its hardware and its operating system. The reason why the KNFB reader works so well is because Nokia, which is the phone that that, that, that runs on, Nokia didn't put restrictions. Uh, the KNFB people had full access to the camera engine, all that stuff, and it was a good camera too in those Nokia phones. And the iPhone camera is really good also, but they don't have the same sort of control over it. So um, what happens a lot of times is you get more blur issues that happen, and then of course it doesn't read as well. But there are some apps, I'll give some recommendations. Uh, a free app that works really nice, it's very basic, it's called Saytext, S-E-Y-T-E-X-T. S-E or S-A, I'm sorry. S-A-Y, I'm sorry, I misspoke. I'm shocked because the the iPhone, but like you said, the restrictions, but the iPhone has like way better resolution, it's higher voxels than most of the other. It does, but... If you don't have full access to the camera engine, you can't tweak it. You can't correct. You can't do correct things like what the KNFB does. But having said that, I mean, I do use OCR apps on the iPhone, and they work marginally well. Um, the Satex app that I mentioned is really nice because it's it's very easy. You launch that app, and then what you do is you put the phone in the middle of the paper and start to lift slowly. And as soon as all four edges are detected you'll hear a beep, and then that's where you hold the phone still, and it takes the picture. And it takes a little while, but it processes the image, and then you can have voiceover read you what it detected. <coughs> An app that I find that works much better, but does cost money, is called Prismo. Yeah, P-R-I-Z-M-O. That one costs $9.99. And you have to jump through a little more hoops because it's a bunch of different buttons that you have to press through the process to get it to work. I, I wish they would make one that would just be more like say text where you push one button and it does everything. But this Prismo does work fairly well. I've, uh, I've seen people who scan books with Prismo and, uh, and they come out pretty good. Like they use a restaurant? Yeah, you can use it for that. But if there's a lot of graphics and things like that on the page, sometimes it confuses these apps. And again, this is where I think came a little bit better at this.
for reading medication? Yes. Um, well, there's, there's, unfortunately, there's no, med no barcodes on medications. I, I wish there were. And I'm hoping that someday they've, they've been working on different systems for the blind to be able to read medications. I think it would be really cool if they developed a barcode type of system, especially now with so many iPhones being used by blind people. It would make all the sense in the world to do this. Uh, the problem is there are, there are medicine readers, but they're not available in the state of California. Okay, if you go to, say, New Mexico, you can get a medical reader that they actually give it to you. And when you get your prescription bottles, you just scan it, and they'll tell you what the prescription is and what the dose is you're supposed to be taking. But it's that, it's not available in the state of California. Right. So this is where it would be nice if somehow uh, the right powers could come together and come up with a system that would work with, with the iPhone. And, and I think it's, it's, it's definitely possible. The iPhone opens up a lot of possibilities because it's it's good hardware, and because uh, you can develop these apps for it. Uh, companies can now develop these things and not and not have to charge as much because all you're buying is the app. You already own the hardware, which is the camera and, and all that stuff that's in the phone and the speech. So all you have to do is develop the app. And I'm sure that all you have to just come up with some sort of universal barcoding system that would be able to read all this information or QR code or something like that, and uh, and have it done. So wouldn't it work though, like like you talked about the taking a picture of finding out a color? Like when you said you took a picture of a caption on the TV, wouldn't you be able to take a picture of the label on your medicine? Yeah, you can do that. And what's nice too, like if if you notice when I did when I took the picture. It's the person told me that they heard no audio. So in other words, my recorded question didn't get to them, but they still gave me details. Like it's an arm wearing a brown sweater. So yes, you can do that. I, I've heard of people reading things where the, where the person will come back and say, turn the can a little bit more to the left and then redo it. And you can do that. So yeah, you can certainly use business for that, for that purpose. Is there a problem in reading the, the things that are not plain surfaces, but round shaped surfaces, curved. Yeah, it, it could be problematic. I mean, certainly for OCR, it could be problematic. This is where I think BizWiz would actually do it better. Because I think with BizWiz, with, with it's human eyes that are looking at that picture. And human eyes are still the best at detecting detail. Is there a limit as to how many apps you can have on your phone? No. The only, the only thing that limits the amount of apps you have on the phone is the amount of storage you have. And the iPhone comes now in three different sizes. The, the, the basic, the lowest one is 16 gigabytes. Then you have 32 gigabytes. And now with the iPhone 4S, they introduce 64 gigabytes. That's good. How much is that one, the 64? Um, I think if you buy it, well... Let's say I go to Sprint. Yeah. If you buy it with an upgrade, I think it's going to cost you $399. But if you if you have a large music collection and you're going to store a lot of things in your phone, then it's worth it because you have your 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 music player and all that stuff all in one phone. So if you have if you have an iPhone S currently right now, which I do at a 32 gig, can I upgrade it at a later date to a 64? No, that's the one negative thing about iPhones and Apple products in general. They don't like you tinkering with hardware. Uh, it's not like Android phones where you can just 
switch the micro SD card. Uh, you can't do that with the iPhone. So you basically, I always tell people, buy, if, if space is going to be an issue for you, if you're going to use it as a music player, then buy the biggest you can afford. Even if you don't think you're going to need it right now, buy it anyway because eventually your music collection and app collection will grow and you'll be happy that you got the extra space. How much, how you play iCloud? iCloud is... Uh, a way of storing things and backing things up to what's known as the cloud, which basically means the internet, some server off-site from where you live. And Say that again. It's it's iCloud. Uh, iCloud means that you you're backing up to a server. Apple has servers. I think they there's a huge one in like the Carolinas somewhere, where you have these huge buildings with computers that do nothing but store information. So one thing that people have done is uh, they, when they store the music is they back it up to iCloud or they, or they sign up for something known as iTunes Match. So you can store all of your music in the cloud, as they say. You know what, want to know why they call it the cloud? Because the building, it's so cold in there and when people are talking, you see uh, their breath. <laughs> because they have to keep those uh, yeah. servers completely chilled. Actually, actually, there is one up here in California. There is one yeah. up north. That they actually had it on TV where the guy was showing and walking through it. Right. So and the guy had an overcoat in order to work in there. Yeah, so that, that's how that works. Um, that could be useful, but at the same time, it could be a problem because now, in order to access your music, you have to have an internet connection. And if you don't have access to Wi-Fi, and you can only use your 3G, unless you have Sprint, you're going to run into your data cap if you're doing a lot of streaming your music. So I, I'm not a big fan of iCloud. I still prefer to use my computer as a source of backup. Question? Sure. How do you find out um, how much data you have left? How much, you mean how much space you have left? Yeah. You go into uh, settings in general, and I think there is a section there where you can get all the information on your phone. It'll tell you how much storage you have left, how much you've used, um, you can even find out things like how much data you've sent out. Well, there's, a, there's an app that does that better. I think if, you, if you're monitoring your data, I recommend an app called Dataman. D-A-T-A-M-A-N. It's free. They have a pro version as well, but the free one does just fine. And that will help you keep a better... And you can set up Dataman to know when your billing cycle is. And I think if you get the pro version, what the, what the pro version does is you can have it actually warn you when you're coming close to your limit. So that's something to think about. But yeah, you can get all that information from the from the iPhone itself. It'll tell you all your statistics. Do you know what the <coughs> iPhone upgrade is? Well, I can hurry all kinds of as, rumors. As, anything, as we know by now, anything with Apple is all rumors. Right. They're very tight-lipped about everything. So, you know, I mean, look, the 4S, everybody thought it was going to be called the 5. Mm -hmm. And when they shocked us all by doing the 4S, well... After a while, you kind of learn Apple's patterns a little bit. Apple does like a major release and then sort of like a, a, a touch-up release. So they have the iPhone 4, and then I think the 4S is basically the improvements that the, that the iPhone 4 didn't get, and of course Siri. Yeah. So it's possible that the next iPhone will be called the iPhone 5, but we don't know for sure. They could turn around and start naming it things instead of numbers. You never know what Apple will do. Um, traditionally, 
iPhone updates, new iPhones used to come out in June, but this last year they bucked that trend and now they came out in October. So if I had to guess, and of course this is you know, only worth about two cents, my guess would be that it's gonna come out maybe late summer or into the fall. I don't think they're gonna come out with the five so soon after the 4S. I think they'll... You know, was it to buy a 4S now or just wait until the fall? <laughs> you know, that, that's, that, that's, that's a question we all find ourselves in. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, if we, if we get too bogged down with that, we'll never buy anything. Right. <laughs> the bottom line is, Apple puts out a new iPhone every year. So, it all depends on how badly you want something, how, how much you need it. If you really need the features of an iPhone now, then why, why bother waiting for the five? Now, you know, if it's August and we've heard that the new iPhone's coming out in September, then I would probably tell you, you know what, you're better off waiting for the five. But right now I would say don't wait for the five. Don't wait for the next iPhone. You know, if you've got the money and you need it now and you want to take advantage of all this cool stuff, then just go for it. Go. You can't go wrong with the 4S. It's a good phone. Any other questions? Oh. Um, I, had, oh. I had a question. Sure. Um, I, I don't know how much time you have left, if you're going to go over it or wait or what, but I find that with my phone, when I'm doing my contacts and adding people on there, it'll let me, I double tap to edit the edit field to get into their last name and everything, but I can never get to the letters. I, have, I go down on my fingers, I do everything I'm supposed to do, supposedly, and it just doesn't let me do it. I just, just tap it once, I go down to the bottom part of the screen, and then it'll say touch typing. And then I get all confused because I'm thinking I'm putting it into it, but it doesn't say anything. It doesn't, it doesn't register. Okay, there's, there's a couple things going on here. Um, first of all, the way that you know that an edit field is, is active is when it says whatever first name edit field is editing. So, Traditionally, that's when you should see the, the keypad on the bottom of the screen. Now, the touch typing thing, that's a rotor function that you can only activate within an edit field. And just to touch on that briefly, because it's, uh, I didn't mention that before, there's two ways of typing into the iPhone. There is the standard typing, which is where you select the letter and then double tap or do the split tap <coughs> thing that I told you all about. Or there's what's called touch typing, which is the method I like, where you put your hand on the, your finger on the screen and you feel around until you find the letter you want and when, you, when you're at that letter, you remove your finger from the screen and then that, en that act enters the letter. Does it, but it doesn't repeat it to you, so you're not sure? Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Um, unless you told it not to do that. But if, if, if you didn't change any of the default settings, it should do it. And it should also, uh, it should also note it by a pitch change. You know, when you hear... When, when I slide it through, when I do actually find the letters, it will repeat every letter until like I'm sliding through, you know, going right to left or yeah. left. And then I find the letter and I double tap, but that takes too long. I would go, here, I go, oh my God, I just want the right... I know where it's supposed to be more or less, and I just can't get to, get to it on time. And then it, it gets me out of that system and back into ringtones and edit fields. And it. it should... The only way that you get rid of those keyboards is by either hitting done or something like that. The keyboard shouldn't disappear on its own. 
Or if you press the home button, then that's going to take you back to your home screen and, and, and kill whatever you were doing. You can't dictate, like, names? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, you can. With, with the 4S. On the 4S, uh, on the 4S, when you, when you look on, on your on-screen keyboard, yes. just to the left of the space bar is a button called Dictate. So when you activate that button, you'll hear it beep, and then you speak what you want to say, and then you, you take two fingers and, do, and double tap the screen with two fingers when you're done. And that, that will enter it. Now sometimes it may not hear you correctly, and let's say let's say it didn't say it didn't put in what you wanted. What you can do at that point is you shake the phone. Yeah, just shake it, and that will actually it'll actually erase what's in that field, and then you can do the dictate again. The half spell check. What the somebody asked if that spell check? Uh, sort of. It ha it has an autocorrect feature. Which some people like, some people don't. Yeah, I, heard, I heard that it corrects stuff like uh, where a guy was at a bar and he told his wife that he was at the Cine Bar. Oh, and, okay. and she got the message that, uh, said, oh, that's nice that you and your friend went to the Cinnabon. You <laughs> 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 never got caught for drinking. Right. So, so yeah, um, it, it does have an autocorrect feature. And you can, I think by default, it's on. You can disable it if you don't like, but I like it on, and, what, and I'll show you a little trick. If you're typing something in, like a, an unusual name that's not in the, in the iPhone's dictionary, um, when you've typed it in and you have the thing offering you the, 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 what it thinks is the correct spelling, if, if you guys could just kind of keep it down, because it would be helpful. Um, so if it's... Um, if it's, yeah. So if if you don't like the spelling that it's offering, you do a single finger flip up on the screen, and then you double tap, and that will ignore the autocorrect for that word. What if you want to turn it off? Where do you go? Uh, you do that within settings. I think it might be under keyboard, if I recall, but I don't, I don't quote me on that. Question? Sure. What about the people, they have a Windows smartphone? Do you have anything about, you know, know anything about that? About what kind of smartphone? Uh, Windows smartphone. Uh, the, the latest Windows Phone 7? I don't know what it is, but it it's not the iPhone, I'm sure. Okay, well... Windows, there used to be something called Windows Mobile, which they don't make anymore because now they have something called Windows Phone 7. And at this point, Windows Phone 7 is not accessible. I'm hoping that maybe Windows Phone 8 will be, but unfortunately Microsoft decided that accessibility wasn't that important. Uh -huh. Does have Shame on them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about the, this, this future you're talking about? It is there like active voice stuff? I can get anything to set up. Yeah, um, Apple is developing Siri, and, the, and there are other programs, by the way, for those who don't have Siri and want to play with voice activation. There are two programs out there that I've seen people be playing with. There's one called V-Lingo, V-L-I-N-G-O, and there's another one called Vocal, V-O-K-U-L, and they're both free, 
And they, they're supposed to give you Siri-like uh, commands of the phone, but the one thing that Siri has over all these programs is that it's trained to understand natural speak. So you don't have to say, Siri, please do this, da 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 You can just talk to it almost like you're having a conversation with Siri. Where these other apps, I think, are a little more formatted, where you have to say certain keywords and say them a certain way. But yeah, the, for, there's a lot, this going to be a lot more coming down the road with voice activation, where I think it'll probably be a little better. As I've said before, I, I'm not a big, I've never been a big fan of voice activation. Siri, I think, is the best that I've used so far with voice activation. How can you get your email through your phone? Ah, the phone has a built in email program. And what you do is you go into that program, and just the way you set up Outlook, Express, or anything like that on your computer, you give it the information that it needs to access your email, your username, your password, your incoming server info, your outgoing server info. And once you set that all up, you can have the iPhone check your mail. And actually, I prefer to read email on the iPhone now. I find that I get through it a lot faster. Instead of having to do all those JAWS commands and things like that on the computer, I just find it so much easier to use my fingers and move around the screen and flick and tap and do all that. I have a question. Um, when you would ask Siri a question like, or, or a statement like, call Perry Mobile, and it comes up and says, how can I help you? <laughs> if you try to say anything, like make a call, nothing happens. Well, here, here's the thing. Siri is still, by the way, a beta product. It's not a full product. Apple, in its infinite wisdom, uh, not only used Siri to sell more phones, but also, instead of paying beta testers, we paid them by buying the phone. <laughs> So it does still have its hiccups. I find that Siri sometimes has times where it doesn't work, it doesn't hear me. I find that uh, one thing about Siri is Siri always needs an internet connection. Even for voice dialing. It has to have an internet connection because what Siri does is it takes your voice and it sends it to a server. The server is actually what, pro what turns your, your, your voice into speech because the, the processor in the phone is too slow. And voice recognition takes a lot of processing power. So if you were to do that on, you know, on board on the phone, you wouldn't get as much done. So it's more efficient for the voice message to be sent out, and in an instant, it's translated back as text. But if you don't have a reliable internet connection, or if the servers get busy, or if the servers are down being reprogrammed, which sometimes does happen, uh, you'll have weird little hiccups like that with Siri. Question. We have a question here. Sure, go ahead. Um, um, okay, um, my question is in regard to applications. Sure. Um, for one thing, um, I downloaded the iHeart um, radio uh, application, and um, and if I want other applications to download, do I have to subscribe to them? And if I do, or or can I use them without subscribing to these applications? I guess that's up to the individual developers whether what information they want from you, and that's up to you to decide whether you want to give it to them or not. Um, if you want a good radio streaming app, uh, which I like much better than iHeartRadio and all these other ones, uh, there's one called Utunes. O O T U N E S. It costs. 495 
But what I like about Exunes is not only is it fully accessible, all the buttons are labeled properly and all that, and you can set alarms with it, you can record programming to the phone with it. Um, I like that it has all, it has the Clear Channel stations and the CBS stations without having, because right now if you want to listen to Clear Channel, that's for use iHeartRadio. If you want to use CBS radio stations, you got to go to radio.com app. Um, and then oftentimes those apps are not as accessible as they could be. There's on-screen advertising, that's why they want you to use them, because they're selling ads, which sometimes gets in the way of, of, of you know, clutters up your screen. Utsun doesn't have any of that going on. It's very basic, and uh, I think it's a much better app for streaming radio. Is that um, free, or, or is that... No, it's four ninety five. dollars Thank you. Um, does anybody have, uh, or, or think they would want to listen to Sirius XM satellite radio yes. on the yeah. iPhone? Um, the Sirius XM app is not accessible. However, there is an alternative, which is free. Uh, you still you you do have to have a user ID and an account with Sirius to use it. So you can't get a, you can't steal the service with it. You have to log into it. But it's called Music Doc M U S I C D O C K. It's a much more accessible version. It doesn't have all of the streams like some of the sports programming doesn't come through there. But all of your your basic uh, general Sirius XM stuff you can listen to there. How was turned? Yep, you can listen to Howard. <laughs> Howard, one hundred. Howard, one hundred one. How do you download music and do you have to have online all the time to listen to it? If you just downloaded music on your iPhone, or if you downloaded music directly to your iPhone via iTunes, then no, you don't have to be online to listen to it. If you did iTunes Music Match, where you're storing all of your music in their cloud, then yes, unless you have a local copy of it on your phone, then you do need an internet connection. So I, I would recommend just downloading it to your phone or downloading it you know, through your iTunes on your computer and syncing your phone and copying your music over to it. Oh, you could do that? Yes. Is that difficult? Uh, iTunes with Windows has always been a little bit of a tricky procedure, but it's, it is doable. But I would say if, if you can download iTunes directly to your phone, then why not? It's probably easier. Question. Sure. Um, I want to ask you about Wi-Fi. Uh, on my Windows Smart Samsung, yes. it sometimes come up when I'm home or outside. It says Wi-Fi. What is Wi-Fi? How do I use it? Wi-Fi is wireless internet, like from a router or from a Starbucks or something like that. So at home, if you've got a Wi-Fi, if you got a, a wireless router, so that you can use laptops or whatever like that at home with your internet without having to have a wire connected. <coughs> and you have a phone. On your phone? Yeah, the phone has Wi-Fi. Uh, the, the iPhone has Wi-Fi. All, all, the, all the smartphones today have Wi-Fi. So if you've got a wireless router at home, you can connect through it and use that instead of the phone company's internet when you're at home, which is not only going to save you data, but also it's faster. And how do I start it? Uh, it would depend on the phone. On the iPhone, you go to settings and go to Wi-Fi and select the network. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, there's a question over there. Where is it? Tablet. Yes. Yeah, my question is FaceTime. Yes. You know that for iPhone 4S, they have that FaceTime feature? Mm-hmm. I have a 
question on that one. How does that work, FaceTime? Okay, admittedly, I haven't played with FaceTime. It, it was never something that really interested me. But uh, from what I understand, it's very much like Skype, yes. where you yeah. you log into it using your uh, your phone number. Your, well, if you're using an iPhone, it's using your phone number. And what it does is it's sending a text message to a server that tells it, okay, that you're available. Now, somebody else that has an Apple device that has FaceTime can punch in your number or whatever identifying info the system uses to know you to have video conferences with you. Uh, yeah. And that works for your iPhone or iPod that has that app, right? Yeah, it has to be, I think you have to have at least an iPhone 4 or 4 or 4S. Four uh, I don't think the iPod touches have FaceTime. Uh, oh wait, well the new the iPad iPad does. Does. Yeah, iPad the latest, the last, the last update to the uh, iPod Touch I think does have it. So does the iPad too. Yeah. My daughter has an iPad too, and we're talking to my son in Hawaii that way. Yeah, it's pretty nice, and of course you can use Skype too. I have a question real quick. Sure. Um, free download. Say so I want to put some stuff on my on my on my ringtones. I because you know the ringtones are pretty limited on the iPhone. Right. I want to know if there's a free app where I can download stuff free. 